0: Hey Tyler. What's up? Tell me something about your childhood that's different than these kids today. Like what defines your childhood that these kids today don't understand?
1: That is a great question. Um, well, I'm still a child. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, I think there are, are many things that are are different, particularly from like, I guess the the go-to response is like the technology side of things. So like the first phone I got was a flip phone and I had 150 text messages a month that I could send. Wow. And so I had to be like strategic about what messages I was going to send, how I was going to send them. Um, you know, it was a, a, a just numbered keyboard. So texting took a whole lot longer to do. I got one when I was in middle school, which is very different than I know people like before me, like I was kind of that first generation to start getting like cell phones then but I was paying for it by cutting grass in the neighborhood and I was using 150 text messages to try to like plan my weeks wow um, so How I know that was you? extremely different I mean I was sixth grade when I got one so I was wow kids these I think days. my 13th birthday maybe sounds right man I'm pretty sure it was 13th birthday but I had to pay for it and that was like the caveat was I was allowed to get one I was only allowed 150 text messages and like parents had freedom to look at phone and all that kind of stuff but yeah Um, but yeah, so I know, I mean, that's extremely different than now because we're doing student ministry stuff and predominantly middle school and very few of them don't have, you know, the same phone I do, if not nicer. Yeah. And so that piece is very different.
0: Kids these days just don't understand. Yeah. What about you? Well, back in my day, Uh you had your your car phone. (laughs) 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 No, I told this story yesterday in the sermon, but I was thinking back, so my parents used to let me walk to the local gas yeah, station yeah, yeah. every day. It was called Petro Deli uh-huh. uh, in the town that I grew up in, probably about a mile from our house. And I had to be third or fourth grade that we would, you know, me and buddies, or we'd ride our bikes up there and go get a candy bar. Uh-huh. Uh, it was, there was a road uh, between my house and our school. And then right on the other side of the school was actually the state penitentiary, yeah, so that's we had awesome. a prison that's so wild, <laughs> right? Right next to our elementary and high school, and uh, and we would go we'd go ride our bikes or walk to the gas station up the road. Uh, we actually had in my town a specific siren for if someone had escaped from the prison. Wow. Yeah, <laughs> which which oh, uh, man. which happened a number of times I can remember from my childhood. Oh, that's so good. <laughs> yeah. So. Uh, <laughs> I like look back and I just think like yeah. what yeah, yeah. were my parents yeah. <laughs> thinking because I cannot imagine my son yeah, like three, Isaac, yeah. <laughs> three years from
1: now walking down the road to you know uh, to go to the local gas station. That is uh, very, very funny. Yeah, so I, yeah. I grew up in Alpharetta and so I grew up right across from Wills Park. And so the farthest and the best I could do was walk to Wills Park. But that was not until I was middle school and had a phone and could let them know when I got there. Yeah. So that was like, and so we'd walk over to uh, the Zaxby's and get food for lunch. And then CVS was about as far as we would go from there, which would be to go get like energy drinks and candy and stuff like that to, you know, as middle schoolers do. I have a feeling some of the people
0: in our church are listening and they don't, we don't understand their (laughs) childhood either. So (laughs) it's part of it growing up. It is. part of it. The times are changing, my friend. The times are changing. (laughs) <laughs> well, Welcome everybody to Weekly Hope. We're so glad you're joining in with us as we just talk about this past week's sermon and some updates of things happening with Hope Church. So uh, our hope is that this podcast is just an encouragement. It helps provide some insight and potential resources into uh, our weekly Bible study time and then can help with community groups or family discussion, things that you're talking about as you go throughout your week. So this past week, we continued our series through the book of Genesis. We came to Genesis chapter 12, and there's a major shift in the book of Genesis here where you go from kind of the prehistoric um, part of Genesis that that really leads through half of human history all the way up through the Tower of Babel, and it's really just more of these major world events that happen and then you you really start to focus in on one man, one family that God makes a specific promise to, and that man is Abram, who would later become Abraham. So we may use those uh, names interchangeably here, but, uh, but Abram and Sarai uh, we get introduced to at the end of Genesis 11, and then at the beginning of Genesis 12, we see that God makes this promise to this man who had lived in a foreign city mm. uh, that really didn't appear to have even known God, worshiped God, came from a family that knew God, worshiped God, grew up in the land of Ur, which is certainly a pagan city, uh, and had a temple built to Nana, the moon god there. And God calls him out of this place to call him into a relationship with him. Um, we see that, that out of that, Abraham becomes really known as the, the forefather of the faith. I made a joke on Sunday. I said, uh, "You know who, who's the who's the the main character of the New Testament?" and everybody said uh, Jesus. And I said, "Who's the main character of the Old Testament?" and I thought I was going to get our people. I didn't get them. I didn't get they. They all said Jesus, and I was like, I thought I was going to get we a, good a smart joke church. They're too smart for us, <laughs> uh, which is true. Main character of the Old Testament is also Jesus. Um, <laughs> but if you were to ask a first century Jew, who's the main? Character of the Old Testament, they would have certainly said yeah. Abraham. Yeah, yeah. Um, he's the the main focus, and out of this man that comes, this family that would then uh, be the the head of the nation of Israel, and really out of his line, the Savior would come. So they would have all known that, and really the whole whole rest of the Old Testament really focuses on this one family, this one nation that's promised out of the line of Abram. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tyler, let's talk a little bit about faith. There sure. I see Abram's the forefather of the faith, and um, and that, that God specifically calls him, draws him, uh, leads him, and then his, his kind of stumbling along the way and figuring it out as, as he goes. So um, yeah, any insight that you have, maybe listening to the sermon or anything that sticks out to you about your studies on Abraham mm-hmm. uh, or his family from Genesis chapter 12
1: sure yeah definitely um, yeah so you talked a lot about faith and you talked a lot about calling which I think is um, particularly something that's been on my mind a lot lately with me finishing up like my seminary degree and so seeing like something the Lord called me to do was go to seminary and to be trained up in those ways and to see well that season is is Slowly coming to a close. So then trying to be just open in my heart and my mindset towards, okay, Lord, what is the next calling on my life? You know, what does that look like? And particularly now being married and having um, somebody else that is a part of those decisions and speaking into those things as well. Um, so, yeah, I mean, part of it is always good to be able to see people and hear the story of Abram and um, just to see somebody faithfully like following the Lord's callings. And although those may have looked potentially more, like, audible back then than they do, like, to me today, it is always encouraging to see the stories of people that say, I don't know where this is going to take me, but I'm just going to go and follow. And so I thought it was sweet to hear just more of your story and hear the things that I've heard many times, but just be reminded of, like, all the places the Lord has called you and what that's looked like, and um, just the faithfulness to follow it and to see that Hope Church is here over the existing today because of, like, faithful people following Lord's calling. Yeah. Um, and so that's been like, was encouraging to me to just sit and like reflect this story and kind of see in my own life of like, Lord, where where are you calling next? Um, so I guess one of the questions I'd even have for you as we talked about faith and we talked about calling is like, what did that look like for you to discern those things?
0: What a great question that I don't really have an answer to. Yeah, I kind to, of just burned like, that how one on the How's that, you. you know... Sure. How do you, how do you discern the will of God, and how do you discern calling, and, you yeah. know, when, when you're at a crossroads and, you know, multiple options, or you're not at a crossroads, but you feel maybe led to do something, mm-hmm. how do you know if it's the right thing to do or not the right thing to do? And, um, you know, I think there's times where God just places something on your heart, mm-hmm. and you can't really explain it, and... Uh, and in, in many ways, like even when you as you see with Abram, like it doesn't necessarily make sense. Sure. Um, but God doesn't place every opportunity on my heart. He doesn't yeah, place yeah, everything yeah. on my heart. And then there's some some things that that as time comes, that you're just like, I just can't shake this. I can't get this off my mind. I've prayed about it. This is not contrary to the Word of God. It's not contrary to Scripture. It's not contrary to His will. Mm-hmm. So does this align with His will? Um, so when it for me, like when it came to Feeling called the ministry, you know. Mm-hmm. Well, ministry is not contrary to God's will. Uh, certainly, is is a way that I could serve and and leverage my life for the kingdom and use it for Him. But I, at the time, I mean, going into high school, I don't know what that means. Like, yeah. I don't, sure. I don't know. Does that mean I'm going to be a, a student pastor my whole life, or does that mean that I'm going to be a, a church planner? Certainly, I didn't even have that on my mind mm-hmm. at at all uh, at that time, and so. I think part of it is like, okay, God, I'll surrender this to you now and walk to the best of my ability through the doors that you open, and then we'll just take it one day at a time, yeah. which is a little bit of what Abram does. Mm. you know. And even as we said in the sermon that uh, you know God's call for Abram was progressive, that it didn't like happen overnight. He goes from Ur to Haran, and then from Haran to this land of Canaan, and then he kind of travels all around <laughs> the land of Canaan, and he's like, He's just going around the land that God's showing him, and he kind of comes to some spots like at Shechem, and then he goes down to this this land between Bethel and Ai, and mm-hmm. he builds some altars, and then he goes down into Egypt, and that gets crazy, and then he comes out of Egypt and back into this land, back up to that same altar, and so he's he's kind of just going one day at a time, and 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 taking it as he goes and figuring it out, but like God's faithful all along the way. Yeah. Even though he may not be able to see it in the day to day. You know, and, and I think it also just recognizing that like it's not like every day God was sure showing up and speaking audibly and appearing and there's altars and all this stuff. Um, you know, there's there's a few key moments in Abram's life that he can that we now, thousands of years later, we can look back on and, and they, they happen within a matter of a few verses, but for him those happened over years. Mm-hmm. And uh, but God's faithfulness remained the same, and and he he would be the one who would work it out through a lot of twists and turns and a lot of failures and a lot of highs and lows. Yeah. But ultimately, like you look back, and he he had the plan all together the whole time, as he does. Mm -hmm. But then we see that like so, his progressive in God's call to Abram was generic. Like he didn't give him any clear picture or any clear direction, other than just like go. And then that's what makes. Abram so different is his faith to like actually go and yeah. to actually do it, and um and that was one of the questions that we asked you know to our people is just what is it that God's calling you to do? I think there's a couple of things. So there's a like there's this covenant that's set up with Abram, and then we see throughout Scripture there's multiple covenants that God establishes, all leading up to the new covenant, mm-hmm. which is the covenant that Christ that Christ makes, and we see that. As in the Lord's Supper in Luke twenty-two, where, you know, he's telling his disciples, "Like, uh, I establish this new covenant with you," yeah, and, um, and and that is the specific call that God is calling all people to, mm. to this new covenant and to surrender their lives to Jesus Christ, and then I think out of that, God does draw and God God does call, um. In specific ways for us to be, you know, serving the kingdom, serving the church, establishing establishing his his kingdom and his throne, and and leading other people to to him. So mm-hmm. that looks different for all of us. Any anybody sitting in the room that is a follower of Jesus and is like walking in that new covenant, um, God places different burdens and different calling and different things on our hearts that that you may be passionate about that I'm not, or yeah, you may be gifted sure. in that I'm not, and. Sure. You know, part of it is just that obedience and faithfulness to, to go and to do what it is that He's calling you to do.
1: And I think that's, that's good. I think one of the even application points you had is just talking about, like, um, faithfulness and how even the moments where, like, Abraham did fail, that those were not God failing. You know, those are, are very different things. That God was still faithful and is even more faithful through those failings. Yep. And so that, like, our faith and our trust and our calling— are all just a result of God's faithfulness. And so, like, to be able to play even just a small part in the big picture of, of what the God is doing in restoring the world and saving his people, and uh, I, those are just special moments. Like, I, yeah. I love the idea of just getting to be like a vessel and a servant in the life of Christ and in the life of like the grand story that he gets to tell.
0: Yeah. Well, and what made Abram unique was that he believed like the bare word of God. Yeah. With no example, with no nothing else, yeah. he just yeah, believed yeah. what God said. And and what we see is that he grows strong Mm. in the faith. Like it's not like he just had this perfect, great faith immediately. Mm -hmm. Like again, there was a lot of stumbling along the way. Yeah, but even as Romans four twenty and twenty one says, Paul says that um, that he no uh, no unbelief made him waver concerning the promise of God, but he grew strong in his faith, and Mm. as he gave glory to God, fully convinced that God was able to do what he had promised. Mm. I mean, I think that what a great verse for us. Uh, you know, that we can grow strong in our faith and become fully convinced that God is able and will do sure. what he's promised to do. And that may mean that we're like this one tiny microcosm, little tiny part of the kingdom. That may mean that we leverage our lives and we don't see very much fruit, but like we can be the catalyst for someone else who comes behind us, that they can stand on our shoulders and then God can use them to bear fruit. Mm. Um, and, As we've said many times before in this series, that like God always keeps His promises, always, and we have this ultimate promise that He will return and that He will establish His throne and His kingdom forever. And uh, our our job is to walk in faithfulness Mm -hmm. and to um, to not make it about us or ourselves or our kingdom or how great or how awesome we can be, but just to be to play our part in uh, in His kingdom for the season and time that he has us here on this earth.
1: That's really good. Yeah, I think like um, the other side is just even seeing his story and like just being able to read it. Like it's very clear he had very good excuses he could have made if he wanted to, you know, I mean, being as old as he was when Abram like was first called to this journey and um, just so, so many other reasons and examples. And like, I mean, he, he could have made any excuse in the world and like, today I can look at my own life and see how valid those would be, how easy it is in my own life to make excuses to slow down the process or stop what God's calling me to do or that kind of thing. So I think it's like even more encouraging to see, like this was not a man without excuse. He had good and valid excuses to make, but that didn't stop his calling the Lord had on him.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Mm.
1: So, I mean, that was the last thing I would just say is,
0: So there's this point that you see where it really all comes full circle, and it really blew my mind as I was just studying Scripture. But, you know, so from Abraham travels down to Shechem, that's kind of the first place in this land of Canaan that he goes, and he he meets God, I guess, as God appeared to him in this theophany in, uh, in Genesis 12, and uh, is there at this tree, this oak tree, and then goes on. So not not long time there, but goes on. Uh, But it would be generations later that Jacob, his grandson, goes back to Haran, then flees Haran with his now two wives, uh, Rachel and Leah, and comes to that same place at Shechem and uh, digs a well there. We we know later on from from biblical history that he had, had bought a piece of land, had dug a well, and then as God calls him out of Shechem, Says he takes all the foreign gods, all the idols, all the gold, all they have, and he buries it under the oak tree at Shechem, which is the same place that I mean, we think, I mean, historically it would be the same place that God would have met with his grandfather Abram and then Jacob leaves. Mm. You don't really hear a lot else about Shechem throughout the, the Old Testament. Uh, and eventually it becomes part of the land of Samaria. And then it's renamed to the town of Sychar. And kind of close the sermon off with this yesterday. I just thought it was so neat, though, because in John chapter 4, that's where Jesus goes really out of his way into the land of Samaria to this town of Sychar, to the well that Jacob had dug, and he meets the Samaritan woman there. And as they're talking in John chapter 4, you know, she kind of, she claims, like, hey, this is where... Our fathers worship, but you say you've got to worship in Jerusalem. And Jesus makes this statement. He says, You worship what you do not know, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the juice. Mm-hmm. And it's this beautiful picture where really Jesus at that moment is is referring back to uh-huh. this Abrahamic covenant that he would have made. Like he would have been there having met Abraham in that same land, at that same spot, in that place, you know where, where Jacob would have bought that land and dug that well and and all that stuff. And so this, this really beautiful picture of where Jesus like encounters a Samaritan woman, and she you know, believes him, goes and tells, the town. The town comes out, and she becomes you know one of the one of the first missionaries to then go, and, and and reach others, uh, for for Christ in this new covenant and. For me, it was just such a such a sweet full picture of like God fulfilling yeah. His promise, mm-hmm. you know, and that one day all the nations would be blessed. Uh, out of that, and and that's what we see in Revelation that every tribe, every tongue, every nation will will be represented in heaven, uh, worshiping the Lord, and uh, just a good reminder for like how God always keeps His promises. So, yeah. Enjoyed this sermon a lot. It, it was it was a fun one to preach, and uh, looking forward to continuing through the Book of Genesis. I'm I'm loving being back in a book of the Bible. Yeah. It's a lot of fun just kind of walk through and and even what God is teaching me and the insights that I'm learning as we go through that is a lot of fun. So, hmm. well, is
1: there right. anything coming up in the Life of Hope Church to be looking forward to?
0: Yeah, so this Sunday is really really big Sunday. We have our family meeting, our spring family meeting. We're gonna do that right after our service. And then we'll have a luncheon after that for everybody. So you can RSVP on our website for that. And we've got a couple of big announcements we want to share. It's going to be a lot of fun. And then on March 26th, we're going to have our men's breakfast over at Smokejack. And just be a good time to fellowship and connect uh, with some of our guys. So all guys are invited, You know, students all the way up to our empty nesters. Uh, are welcome to come be a part of that and we'll have a good friend of mine a guest speaker coming in and sharing with our church as well uh, or our guys mm-hmm. uh, on that Saturday so uh, those are the two big things coming up and uh, can't wait to see you guys on Sunday
1: awesome if you'd like more information you can check us out on our website hopechurchjc.com so it's www.hopechurchjc.com and you can see us Sunday mornings at 10 o'clock for our service so we'd love to have you um, yeah be blessed